Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, welcome, folks. Welcome to the Soul Talk podcast. Coot here. Welcome back. You know, uh, each week uh, we have some amazing, uh, very special, unique guests from all industries, all bringing unique perspectives to the conversation of Soul Talk. We've had Dan Millman, we've had Larry King, we've had Robin Sharma, we've had Trent Shelton, we've had Jim Quick. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, today's no exception. I'm actually very, very excited to talk with uh, someone who I've come to consider a friend. She's a, a, just an amazing soul, full of light and energy. She just beams this this magnetic, uh, uh, soulful essence. She's a writer, producer, co-founder of The Pillar of Life, co-host of the podcast, The Sherry Nancy Show. I was actually on her podcast, which was amazing. She had, she had a 20, 25, I think she'll correct me, 20-year, 20 25-year career with, with uh, the amazing Oprah Winfrey as executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show, uh, also served as co-president of Harpo Studios and own The Oprah Winfrey Network. She's been named one of the Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business, uh, the Hollywood Reporter's Women in, in Entertainment and Power 100. And she's just straight up awesome. Uh, I'm very excited about her new book that is coming out, folks. You need to get this book. Uh, I started reading it, couldn't put it down, the first few chapters, called The Beautiful No. Go order it now. If you listen to this, go order it, get the book, share with your friends. Uh, it's going to be an inspiring read. I am so freaking excited to welcome Sherry Salaka to Soul Talk. Sherry. Oh, well, coot, my friend. Wow. <laughs> you make me sound good. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. It's just, <laughs> it's great to have you on the show today. Uh, I remember our, our sit down for your, when I was on your podcast and it was, it was one of my favorite interviews. Uh, you and Nancy just, just rocked it. So it's great to have you on and, I know your book's coming out, The Beautiful No, which you must be really excited. This, this, this you know, ex next phase of your life, and how how are you feeling? I mean, The Beautiful No. Well, how listen, you feeling about this, I, book? this is this is the moment to practice what we preach. Yes, it's to, mm -hmm. and every time when I start to feel a bit of overwhelm or start to think I should be doing this or should be doing that or am I doing enough, I say, y "Your work is done, girl. Your work is done." Mm. You know, you sat down. It was a hard, hard thing to do. I, I definitely felt like I ended up without skin on my body. Yeah. And mm. and now I want to make sure that I don't miss it. I don't miss, like, mm. our conversation right now, that mm. I don't miss these days of just enjoying the next evolution of a deeply mm. soulful creative project. And, mm. you know, that's the, that's the conversation I'm having with myself right now. What was the motivation to write this book? Because look, I mean, you, obviously you've had an amazing career in the last 25, 30 years. And, you know, you could have just chilled out, what, <laughs> hung out in Hawaii or, you know, oh, up north funny. where you are now and just put your feet up and, you know, had a, had a pina colada and just said, oh, hey, everyone, I'm chilling. But no, you you you, launched, you did one of the most challenging things, which is write a book and now promoting a oh, book. and so. What, 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 did you just wake up one day and like, what, what was the, the motivation? Like, why, why? Well, let's start now? by, <laughs> oh my gosh, now you're making me rethink the whole thing. No, here <laughs> is the thing. If I would have known how hard it was, that's why we don't mm -hmm. know how hard things are going to be or how much mm -hmm. they're going to challenge us because we, we would never leave our homes. 
You know, we yeah. wouldn't walk out the front door if we knew what was around the corner half the time. Um, mm. Well, here, here's the, here is my truth about writing. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of my childhood dreams was to write The History of Poland by Sherry Salata. Um, I have... The um, History of I'm, Poland? I'm, Poland. I'm a quarter Polish. And okay. I take deep pride in my Eastern European roots. And uh, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to write The History of Poland. And I think I just started copying right out of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, so mm. I wasn't an original writer back then. But I, I think I always, as a creative person, you know, thought, gosh, I, I really would love to someday have enough to say to be book worthy. Mm. And then, Coot, of course, you know, the crazy thing is I was Oprah's book club producer um, for oh. a little bit there in my, in my 20-year run. So my reverence oh. for authors is deep. My reverence mm. for the written word is deep. So... You know, there were many times during the process of writing The Beautiful No where I, I was going to quit. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm done. Here, HarperCollins, here's your money back. Thank you for your belief in me. It was unwarranted <laughs> because, because I, you know, I, you, you, have to, you, have to do, you do have to take the skin off your body. And you have to revisit some territory that, you know, the, the triumphs are sweet and, and the failures are painful. And, um, you know, on the other side of it now, now that it's done and it's printed and it's in boxes on the floor of my house, um, and now I get to stand back from it and say, um, I've done my part. I hope it's useful. So when, when you say, for those listening in, and I've, I have so many questions for you, but just want to start off, like, when you say the beautiful no, um, what does that mean? Because typically we don't associate no, no with beautiful, no. right? And and so no. what do you mean by the beautiful no? And how did this term, this understanding come about for you? Well, the beautiful no, uh, the, the title story of the book, and, and the book is filled with my stories. And the beautiful mm -hmm. no, the title story, I chose it because I think it's one of my most profound spiritual understandings which is it's the story of how I got the job at the Oprah Winfrey show and how mm. a bunch of no's preceded it. And, you know, a lot of people might think that, you know, I got out of college, um, jumped in, you know, had a great TV and film degree and sailed yeah. right into Harpo Studios. That is not the case at all. Um, I, mm. I changed my major twice. I ended up with a marketing degree. I had a gazillion jobs. Um, twists and turns and ups and downs. I didn't start at the Oprah Winfrey show until I was 35 years old. And wow. A, a start over in an entry level job at the Oprah Winfrey show. Huh. What happened? And like, how did that? I mean, it was just crazy. You know, I just, I just kept running full force and staying too long at the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm -hmm. I knew, you know, I'm, it, my, my goal was to do something cool. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and I, I just was trying to chase that down. And, you know, I, 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 I didn't plan. I had no, I had no prep, prep work done. And I just mm -hmm. ended up doing a bunch of things. I was a 7-Eleven store manager. I was a toy store manager. Mm -hmm. I was a typist. And I would take all oh. these different jobs and I'd try to turn them into my path to retirement. Like, I, I would ignore all the signs that it wasn't a good fit for me or that I wasn't happy. And I'd just be like, that's okay. I, you know, I, I'd take my Midwestern work ethic and I'd just, you know, pound myself into the ground. Like, I'm just going to make this work. I'm going I'm to succeed at this no matter what it takes. So the beautiful no is basically I, I finally, after a many, many fits and starts, started over again sent my resume in to the Oprah Winfrey show and they promptly rejected me. And um, then I, I freelanced on and I was on my last nickel. I was totally broke, like broke, like friends are bringing me food broke um, wow. and, and completely in despair. And I got a big, big interview at a fancy advertising agency in Chicago. And the interview mm -hmm. went really well. He basically 
verbally hired me, and then as I waited for the call for the, the former, former formal offer, and I was like, why is it taking him so long to call me back with a formal offer? Finally, a letter comes, and no, I'm not hiring. You don't get this job. And so I'd had those two big no's, and a little time went by, and we, we had answering machines back then with tape in them, Coot. You, you, you might be too young for that, where you would actually play and record and rewind. And I played yeah. a, a new message, and it said, we were cleaning out an old closet here at the old Oprah show, and we found oh. your, your tape and your resume, and we'd like you to come into freelance. And what I understood, not in that moment, but a few years later, that nothing in my fabulous career life, my dream come true, lottery win, career opportunity would have happened if I hadn't gotten those beautiful no's. And I started thinking, gosh, I wonder if every no in my life has been equally beautiful where it literally was the universe, we're co-creating yeah. with the universe, right? The universe like, oh, no, 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 it's over here. What you really want is coming, you know? And, mm-hmm. and now we, it's, it's part of the lining up process, those no's. The people who don't love us back, the jobs we don't get, um, the things that we're, we're just praying will go our way that don't. What if we could collapse time and right in the moment understand okay, it's going to be so exciting to see how this turns out. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see where this story goes next because we have such faith that all is well. It's beautiful. And so you get this phone call, or you get, you get the phone call on your voicemail that yeah. looking for freelance and said, did you just go in and you got me I, like, I'm what like, happened oh, next? You got please. me next. I, mean. <laughs> I, can, I, I will come in in two seconds for that. I had a little freelance interview. They asked me to freelance. I did some promos for them, some 30-second spots. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, the woman, Harriet Seitler, who was the new head of creative services, she had just come to town. And um, mm-hmm. she hired me. And I started as a, as a promo producer in the basement, I used to call it. And we were kind of off mm-hmm. in a separate area. And, you know, there and, th- and that was the beginning of almost 21 years. And obviously I had different jobs after that, but I was in the promo department for a long time. And every day I went to work for, a, you know, everything gets, can get tedious and everything can get stressful and everything has its ups and downs. But yeah. there wasn't a day where I didn't know that it was special, that it was once in a lifetime and that, it was going to do more for me than I could ever imagine. You felt it, huh? Yeah, I did. Yes, because, you know, I, I was getting paid to listen to people like Deepak and Eckhart oh. Tolle and Marianne Williamson, oh. and the list goes on and on and on. I mean, all of them. And I remember thinking, wow, this is the company benefit I didn't see coming. And years later, I was able to say that I, I was able to build a spiritual life. I was paid wow. to do it. Wow. How did you, I'm yeah. curious, so, so you started off freelancing, promo producer, which is sort of, I'm, I'm going to assume, forgive me if I'm wrong, kind of more in the beginning, you know, stages of the company. Uh, right. And how did you, what, what was the secret for those listening in what was yeah. the secret from going from a promo producer and within, I'm not sure how many years it took you, but to become, let's say, executive producer of the show. Oh, it was to 15 years. Co- <laughs> and co-president. Yes. Like, what, was, yes. what, what was the secret? Like, what did you do? What, 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 was, what were the key things that you did that as you step out of yourself now, look back and go, these, these, were, these, were, my, these were Sherry's secrets. Well, you know, Coot, I got, got really wonderful advice. My, my boss, just prior, who had taught me, he was the executive producer at a medium advertising agency, and he was a stellar talent and very wise, as wise as they come. And he was, nobody was more excited than he that I got the job. 
And I remember he sat me down and said, it's going to be super competitive there because, mm-hmm. you know, there, it was the number one thing in the world, the number one thing. Yeah. Um, and he said, and this is what you must do. Keep your head down, whatever job's in mm-hmm. front of you, do that job to the best of your ability. Don't ever worry about being promoted. He reminded me of this not mm-hmm. too long ago. He said, don't ever worry about being promoted. I believe Oprah will pluck you out. I've seen what you can do. Those were his exact words wow. to me. And, wow. you know, here is, and, and that is the truth, that it was, you had genius talent there, like mm-hmm. like women and a few guys who were geniuses. They were, wow. and, and willing to, there was nothing they wouldn't do to, um, to uh, perform at such a level of excellence. So, I mean, his, you know, the advice I got was really good advice, that stay in the moment, do, do what you're supposed to be doing, um, focus your attention on that. And honestly, I, I, never, I never veered from that advice, not once. Love it, love it, and it's really when I'm also I'm hearing really being committed to the process versus just you know attached yeah. to something in the future or you know an outcome, and, and really right. be, being and doing everything as excellently as as possible. When you let's say receive no's or maybe there was times prior to the Oprah show where maybe you felt like giving up or I don't know maybe once you were in the 20 years of shit or, or so being a part of uh, Oprah and own where maybe you were going through some dark times or things didn't work out. You got some no's. Maybe you didn't realize they were so beautiful in the moment. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what kept you going? You know, cause it's easy to look oh. at it once we've gone through it, go, Oh, that was a beautiful no. But you know, there's probably someone listening yeah. going, I'm in a no Sherry and it ain't freaking beautiful right now. So, how did you, what kept you going and what advice yeah. did, would you have for those that might be facing certain no's right now? Well, that's the thing, you know, once, once you know, I've been to the other side, so I can now come mm. back and tell my friends, I've been here. This no's really mm. beautiful, whether you see it or not. And you could save yourself a lot of misery if you'll accept what I'm mm. saying right now is true. And, and now mm. Now on, on, on the other side, you know, now that I understand that, that that is my spiritual understanding, now when I'm, I'm faced with a no in my life, I'm trying to think if I've had one recently. I mean, they, they come at us all the time. I just, yes. you know, I, I can feel myself going down the road of, oh, I'm so disappointed, blah, 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 blah. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's, it's definitely bringing a level of consciousness to my reactions and really trying to get out ahead of it so that I'm prepared, I'm proactive, and I'm willing to accept that all is well at all times. That's mastery, and that's what I'm working on. Because I really do feel like we spend so much time being miserable. Oh, so much time. Well, how, how does someone develop the, in your experience? You know, because sometimes we just want what we want, you know, and, yeah. you know, there, there, there's sometimes a, a fear of, you know, if I let go, if I surrender, if I accept, then maybe I won't get what I want. So the willingness yeah. to accept that all is well at all times, powerful statement. Um, is there anything that, is there any way of, I don't know, is there a practice? Because that, that's, a, that's, you know, that's yeah. a high level of uh, a state of living. Is, is there any practice yeah. that you've done that has assisted you in that well, concept, that idea? Developing the foundational belief. There, there's definitely a spiritual foundation behind that, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially, you know, when I, I took stock and looked back. So I, I like to think of my stories you know, they're, they're either a rallying cry or a cautionary tale. You decide. <laughs> and, and, you, and use them as you see fit. But I remember when I looked at my 20s. And listen, I was, mm. I was supposedly very talented and smart with lots of promise. And I kept, I kept just blowing it. Like, I, I was so mm. unhappy. I was so miserable. 
but I wouldn't make changes I needed to make until I literally couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And it was like, Mm. oh my gosh, I'm so depressed I can't get out of bed. And what I realized was that I, I had this innate tendency. We all have some sort of tendencies inside of us. My innate tendency was to make misery my compass. And by that I mean, I would make no changes, I would take no stock, I wouldn't change one degree of a direction of my path until I was so (laughs) miserable I could no longer bear being alive. And what that means then is you've set yourself up that misery waits for you around every corner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and when I finally kind of put those pieces together and said, well, what would be the hack? <laughs> what would be the mm-hmm. spiritual hack in this arena? And I was like, okay, the spiritual hack is, what if I made a conscious decision to make happiness my compass? Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. I thought about all the things I wanted. I wanted a cool job. I wanted a fat resume. I wanted lots of external manifestations. And I say you can still have all that. But what I didn't totally understand at a very deep level was my real dream was happiness. Not a spot on an org chart. My real dream was happiness. And... You know, if you can if you can take that into your bones and really mm-hmm. understand as soon as possible that happiness is is the the path and the goal, then mm-hmm. you can begin to lean into things and practices that feel good. Mm-hmm. So what feels good? Speaking with love and tenderness to yourself in your own head feels good. Soothing mm-hmm. yourself feels good. Beating yourself up does not feel good. That's the misery road. Um, Reminding yourself that you are worthy, you are blessed, you are gorgeous, you have so many gifts to give, and all is well is a very powerful, happy-making practice. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've come to believe, Coot, that it's like, and and this is one of my 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 big spiritual teachers Abraham Hicks that's that's the language that speaks to me and Abraham often says the better it gets the better it gets the better it gets and conversely the worse it gets the worse it gets the worse it gets and that's where we have all our creative power if we're willing to take to reach for that better feeling thought and then another and then another we begin to we begin to stir up this momentum, this dreamy momentum that begins to literally lift us up from our from our current current status into something that feels more hopeful, more alive, more energetic. And suddenly the game has changed. Suddenly mm-hmm. the sun is shining. Suddenly the green in the trees is much greener. Mm-hmm. Suddenly life looks and feels better. And creating from that position is completely and totally transformative. I love it. What would you say, uh, you're talking about happiness. How would you define, because, you know, you've achieved a lot, you've seen a lot, you've done this, a lot that you have achieved, created, done, accomplished. Uh, What is happiness? Sorry, what is success to you? You're talking about happiness, so... I'm going to assume that there's a connection there, but how how would you define success? Because so much of our culture is defined success by, you know, the resume and how much money in the bank account. And so mm-hmm. where you're at today, you know, you've, you've been to the mountaintop. What, what is success? Well, I mean, and that is that my big middle of life epiphany, my friend, which is mm-hmm. I realized I had manifested and created a dream come true career but not a dream come true life. And so Mm. that is where my focus is now. It's understanding that, you know, I put all my eggs in one basket because I was really good at that basket. And there were other areas of my life that my lifescape that I wasn't as good at. I didn't get straight Mm. A's at. I didn't, you know, I I, I, I didn't get validated on. Mm. And um, 
what I began to see about, oh, about three years ago, which was, what is my dream? First of all, I believe happiness is a choice. And I believe that I am the creator. I co-create my reality. And I had to rethink and reimagine what does a happy life, what is my recipe for a happy life, which is going to mm-hmm. be different than yours or somebody else's. And I think having, having seen all the wisdom keepers, produced many of them, over over you know decades of 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 time what's what my truth is this now no no pro, nobody's one size fit, fits all no one program's mm. going to work for everybody at a certain point in our lives a little late for me yeah. but here i am you've got to decide you're going to become the expert your own guru mm. your own expert your own recipe builder and so that's what I'm in the midst of now. It's like, what is, what are my dreams in every area of my life? What are the practices that stir up the possibilities for those dreams? Um, what is that whole integrated life? That's that's my happy road. That's my joy ride. And that's what I'm in the midst of figuring out. Amazing, amazing. Takes a lot of courage, you know. I mean, did you? Did you... I don't think we've really talked about this, but you, you, you talked about how you had a you know successful career, but not necessarily feeling uh, a successful life, as in the other areas of your life. So I'm just curious um, to hear from you in terms of: Did you wake up one day and go, "Is this it?" I mean, oh, I mean, here you are in the epicenter of <laughs> I know. you know in, in the universe, right? And and what happens? You're like. I'm not happy. Or what, what, was there a question? How did you come? Because a lot of people feel like dissatisfied or something's not quite connected. But because of the externalities, sometimes I think we're too afraid to really acknowledge, mm, I'm not yeah. quite happy. Because we're afraid of the change or what that might mean. And so what happened for you and how did you navigate that shift within yourself to then make to make a change because you clearly made a change. Well, okay, so I'm going to start by saying I'm still navigating it. And I will be navigating, navigating it every, every, every day that I breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not, it's not a one and done. You don't, it's not a tidy yep. assignment. I'll be navigating it every single day of my, this, this human experience that I'm having. Mm-hmm. But I would tell you that it was completely motivated by fear and mm-hmm. It was basically understanding that if not now, when, and even worse, uh-huh. and if not now, maybe never. Uh-huh. And that covered a lot of territory. You know, if not now, um, you're, you're never, you're never going to have that health and wellness thing, like just uh-huh. soaring. Uh-huh. You're, you're never going to feel like comfortable and gorgeous in your own skin. You're never going to mm-hmm. have that... Um, that passionate soul partner of your dreams. You're never going to have, you know, like you're, you're never going to have that integrated whole life where only a job gets your, gets your first attention, where you are not your own priority, where you, your life, your choices are not your own priority. And that fear was really the beginning of a, of a very deep and, um, a very deep and thorough reckoning. I call it the reckoning. And yeah. it was, and, and, and the only difference could this time, cause listen, I have beaten myself up every way, you know, and twice on Sunday, you know, since I could remember there was a voice in my head, but the difference wow. this time, because I knew the only way I could survive such, um, such a reckoning would be if I, if I, required that voice in my head to be tender and loving. Even as I was looking at things I didn't like, tender and loving, so that I could excavate what I ultimately realized was my unlived life. You know, job, live, 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 woo, top of the mountain. Other parts, very unlived kind of dreams shoved in a drawer, gathering dust on a shelf. So 
I would say my big motivation for that was um, I'm in my mid-50s. There are, it's a different time. I mean, gee whiz, Doris Day made it to 97. Um, (laughs) God bless her. I love her so much. I just think about her all the time. But um, we might we might all start living past a hundred on on a regular yep. basis with what's available to us. And I was like, okay, so you better reimagine everything about your life and really figure out what your new dreams are for every area of your life, or you're just going to be sitting around with a sensible hairdo baking cookies for your nieces and nephews and eating them before they get there. You know, it's a decision. It's a choice. But I think a lot of people, at least some people, okay, some people don't have the courage to reflect, so they're in denial. Then there's those that have the courage to, okay, do the reckoning, have the questions, reflect on their life, see the future, feel the pain. And still don't make the choice. Now, it took you, obviously, you said several moments to get to the point where finally, and, um, but you made, but you, but you, you took the action to follow your soul, your path. Um, was it just fear? Was there, was, was there anything else internally that, 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 and this is just for those that may be having the reckoning, yeah. but still don't take the action. You know, maybe they're in a marriage and right. they know this marriage isn't right. I've been in this, I'm 20 years into this marriage. They know they need to leave and they're still not doing it. I, I guess I'm just, I'm wanting to, for those listening in, I'm wanting them to like act. So it inspires me that you took action in terms of what was yeah. true for your soul. Was, was, was there any, any other pieces of advice you might have based on your own? You know, I think when we don't take action, it's because we have no hope. And one mm. of the, you know, we, we, mm. we just we, we have no hope. We don't trust yeah. ourselves anymore. So, so mm-hmm. you know, when when you're coming from that hopeless place, you're you're immobile. You know, you're immobile. Yes. There's, you know, what do you do when you have no hope? Um, I remember during my reckoning, and it was particularly like with my body and my weight and my not taking care of myself and my eating crap all the time, I remember that I was like, what is this? What is this thing that I've done here? And I was able to articulate it into this phrase, I have been an unworthy steward of my own life. I've been an unworthy steward. You know, in a way, this life that we're given is a gift, and we're given stewardship, meaning we make yes. the decisions, we chart the course, you know, we are the stewards. And, you know, when I was like, oh my gosh, I've been so untrustworthy in this role. I've been so untrustworthy. And there were many times where I felt super hopeless and in different areas of my life because. You know, I've just I, I've just let myself down so many times, or I've just gone unconscious or pushed it aside. And you know, becoming a truly worthy, trustworthy steward of your own life is not about perfectionism because that's just a big setup for failure, and you're back to yes. square one. It's about being willing to, even when you take two steps back quickly regain, take three steps forward. It's about not letting it go too long when you make a mistake or when you're just feeling like you want to give up. There are still days when I'm like, oh my gosh, I can feel that that producing, make it happen, stress yeah. coming on me, you know? And all of a sudden, I'll notice it. It'll be in my body. It'll be like, uh, it'll be a sense of dis-ease. Like like mm. a humming, like a disease, and then I am distracted, mm. and then my mind's racing with a litany of to do, to do, to dos, and you know that used to rule my life. It used to mm. rule my diet. It used to rule my love life. It used to rule because nothing would be more important than me taking care of whatever whatever these to dos were. And I think now what's different is I go, oh, there she is. There you are, my producer friend. 
There you are. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happening. What are you so dialed up about? What what's about to fall mm-hmm. in on your head? You know, what's what's mm-hmm. what's not going to work out? What's going to what's going to be a big disaster if if you what what's happening to you right now? And then I literally mm-hmm. have to talk myself through it. And it might be mm-hmm. Six, eight hours of lost time of consciousness where I was miserable for no reason, where I was edgy or filled with anxiety or, um, you know, I, I like skipped a workout or, you know, you know, had a big diet soda instead of, you know, a liter of water. And I'll just say, okay, wow, look how quickly, look how quickly those neuropathways, we can get right back there. And then you just have to coax yourself back on the joyride path. Come on. I love that you say it's not, it's not about perfection, you know. And, and what I'm really hearing is just a way of relating with yourself that is, is with compassion, you know, which I think is, is, is really, it's, it's, I often say healing is the application of love to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. And so uh, it's, it's really great to hear that, that even when it comes up now for you, you you know, you, you work intentionally to bring love into those parts of yourself, which is which is really great. Oh, I love how you said love that. It. You know, I, I need to, I need to simmer on that because that is what it is. It's like yeah. trying to yeah. flood those insecure, vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. Who cares? What difference is this mm-hmm. going to make? Those areas, mm-hmm. flooding them with mm-hmm. love, and that's mm-hmm. part of the thing too. Coot is that that there is something very powerful about the beginning Mm. seeds of hope very powerful Mm. because you stand up a little straighter then hope leads to more hope then some optimism then maybe me and why can't I and all is well I mean that hope thing is not a small is not a small process it's super powerful when you feel stuck and when you've lost some faith in yourself yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a theme as you're talking about just, you know, being kind, being gentle with yourself. And that's so huge because that begins to uh, uh, cultivate those seeds of hope to allow and start allowing them to, to, to begin blossoming within your own that's consciousness. Right. So it's beautiful. I want to shift gears a little bit and then come back. Um, so as a leader, you've been, you know, in leadership position as CEO, producer. Um, I'm curious what you learned about leadership, uh, leading teams, leading people, leading shows, lead, just, you know, leading people. I mean, it's not an easy thing to lead people. And uh, what, 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 what were the main things you learned in terms of what makes uh, a great leader? Uh, what makes an effective leader? What makes an inspiring leader? What were some of the things you learned uh, that that worked well, and I'm curious if there are any things you learned that mm, that didn't work too well, you know, mistakes and things that that people can learn from from leadership in your experience. You know, I remember um, there was a president of Harpo when I was coming up through the ranks, Tim Bennett, and and mm-hmm. he was very very um, well regarded. And one of the things I most loved about him at all the different stages, I mean, I ended up, you know, at a high level reporting to him. And what I loved about him is, listen, sometimes sometimes what we were doing, you know how people say, well, it's not brain surgery. Well, it felt like brain surgery to us when we had millions mm-hmm. of people around the world depending <clears throat> on us, you know, to mm-hmm. illuminate something or be enlightening mm-hmm. or entertaining. And especially when we're, we're working, you know, our jo- job is to um, support um, and be a part of Oprah's mission. It felt like an enormous responsibility. And there's Tim. I remember always thinking of him as he really never lets you know how stressed he's feeling. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't make it your job to help manage his stress. And I would say that if I, um, that, that, that would always be where I'd get a little shaky. 
you know, if mm-hmm. Oprah was disappointed in something and, you know, and, and three shows canceled and stuff, that was the really hard thing to, to maintain that very benevolent center mm-hmm. when you feel like the roof is falling in on your head and you've got like five minutes to save the planet which is, I, I exaggerate kind of, but that's kind of what it would felt. But he, that was one of, his, one of his great qualities was, I mean, listen, he might have gone home and um, poured himself three scotches, but you know, he was very, 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 very even. Like you could really count on him uh, to be even. It was one of my favorite qualities about him. Um, you know, the thing about, I think, um, thing about leadership and here it's it's almost like the same thing about peace it begins at home yeah you know peace yeah. begins with me leadership begins with me so leadership of self you know the best yeah. leaders um the very best leaders across the board and i've met lots are ones mm. that are are fabulous leaders of themselves and mm. um really understand that it is an inside, it's an inside job. Um, Mm. Leadership is, there's no question that the, the, the best experiences of being led, it's, it's, it's fantastic to be led by optimists. Mm. Um, People who are seeing, who look to see the glass half full and how that can Mm. be built on. Um, and that leadership is, um, it's a sacred trust. It's a sacred trust. And I think, uh, it's easier for me to think about the people I've been led by. You know, I've had a couple really amazing bosses who changed my life forever. And I had a couple horrible bosses who also changed my life forever because it was like, whoa, whoo, you know. Avoid avoid those strategies. <laughs> yeah, what a good idea. Yeah, got it. Because because I think you know when I think of leadership, I think one of the things, and obviously you know, there's a producer, executive producer, co-president, and you're leading people, and you're in a position of responsibility, and and you've been in that position. So, uh, you know, I often think of of look, not everyone is going to like you, you know, as a leader, and you yeah. can't. You, Certainly can't please everyone. So I'm wondering, because uh, I see so many people not step into, not express their voice or don't put their, you know, they don't write the book. You know, as you know, I mean, I wrote a book. You, you, now your book's coming out. The Beautiful No, folks, by the way, get the book. But it, it takes a lot of courage to put your heart out there, share your story, share your creativity. And, you know, it, it's, it's a position of leadership, sharing your knowledge even. And so... Yeah. In terms of one of the things I think has to be worked through is is the desire for let's say validation, you know, external validation. What are people mm-hmm. going to think about me? Approval. And how do you deal with that? How did you deal with that as co-president, as executive producer, and and now putting your heart in the form of your book out there into the world? Well, that is and that is such a it's a it's, first of all it's a fabulous question, and the truth is that was super hard for me because I had come up through the ranks. I was one of the gang, and all of a sudden you're the boss. And the truth mm. is that when you have to make 500 decisions um, yeah. in, in a minute and um, it's coming at you all day long, there's going to be lots yeah. of people who don't like the decisions you make or or you know, a, a million of, you know, other things. And, and, and mm-hmm. I understand because I've, I've been one of the people and thought, wow, mm. that could have been, been said more gently. Well, okay. You know, now mm. I understand why so many times I would get direction that was, you know, quick and um, w- without a lot of, um, without a lot of um, cushioning. So mm. it was very, very challenging for me. And I think, that I I am still to this moment um, working through and and letting go of the absolute, um, it's it's a soul crusher 
the need, mm-hmm. the, the false need for people to like you and approve of you and validate you on, on every turn. It's, um, it, it, it is completely destructive and it's not really rooted in, in, in real spiritual truth. It's almost like you're so busy caring about what everybody else thinks you've lost your ability to hear what you think, you know, to hear what you think. Um, Mm -hmm. Your opinion matters most. But if, if you're not realizing, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not loving yourself, then of course your opinion doesn't matter most. And, and, and whosoever opinion is offering their opinion is up for grabs. Um, That is, you know, I would say in the last even five years of my life, that's the work of my 50s, Coot, which is mm. boundary setting, like n- mm. uh, not really insisting that my life is filled with uplifters, um, yeah. not doing what I don't want to do, you know, be, you know, like nothing, guilt, guilt is not my reason to do anything, um, mm. really making really good, trustworthy decisions for myself. So that can t- that's an ongoing thing for me, my friend. Mm, that's beautiful. Thanks for being just real. You know, it's it's real. It's real. <laughs> well, and then and now I've put a book out there. So then there's going to be a whole opportunity for me to demonstrate. You know, it, it, you know, if someone doesn't like it, I, what what's what does that do to my energetic space around it? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's the real thing where you say, mm-hmm. "I am going to." Here, here's here's a, a, a this one of my great epiphanies was um, one of the most the best pieces of advice anybody could ever give is to mind mm-hmm. your own business. Mm-hmm. Like if we, we're supposed to be minding our own business and mm-hmm. tending to our own gardens mm-hmm. and. Um, tending to our own happiness and mm-hmm. not over in everybody else's business. I like, I think there's a, there's a very popular Instagram quote, what someone else thinks of you is none of your business. Yeah. And it's I a think book. that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's Absolutely. True. Mm, I love it. It's true. Beautiful. If there were, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot you shared and if there were, let's say, Hmm. If you could only share three, this is one of my final questions, but if they, if you could only share, let's say, three key life lessons, and these were based on everything you've been through during your Oprah years, pre-Oprah, post-Oprah, you know, Harpo, the, these years, the last couple of years, and what you're learning, if you could share the only three things that you feel these are the most important lessons you've learned that you could pass on to the next generation, you know, the children of the world, the grandchildren that you feel like, okay, these three things I feel my gifts to the next generation that would evolve the next generation the most, what would, what would these three keys be? The first one is to make happiness your compass, set your course, chart your course by happiness. Mm -hmm. The second one would be to embrace and fall madly in love with all of your beautiful nose. Mm. And the last one is dream your life like you're going to live to be 100. Live your life mm. like today's the only day you get. I love it. I love it. Folks, you heard three key life lessons from Sherry Salata, author of The Beautiful No. Uh, so I really want uh, the listeners to uh, not just listen, but actually practically apply uh, these interviews. And so could you assign a homework assignment for those listening in, in terms of one thing that they could immediately, like literally right now, one specific action step that those listening in could go and do as an assignment to implement, to apply uh, a concept from your book or something from this interview? Well. I, I think one of the most helpful things in, in beginning, like just beginning to stir the dream pot and kind of really kind of be finding your recipe for what your joyride looks like is to begin a little bit of the process of the reckoning. 
just begin to like, what are the, I, I picked my eight areas of my life that mattered to me. What are the eight areas of life that, that matter most to you? And just kind of look at each of those areas and see if maybe you have some new dreams that you haven't unearthed yet. Or if, or if you haven't thought about that area of your life for a while and you're like, gosh, I do have, there's a bunch of dreams that I'd have for that area. And just begin stirring the pot a little bit. Get that, that hope energy just circling the pot and get it going a little bit and see what kind of, if that inspires you to take the next step. I love it. Folks, you heard it. The assignment, start the reckoning. What are the eight areas that matter most to you? Begin your exploration um, with Sherry Salata. Folks, I'd love for you also to just send me an email, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. As you do the assignment, I would love to hear what stirs for you, what comes up for you. Let me know. I love hearing from each of you. And let me know your key takeaways from this conversation. Sherry, it's been uh, it's been a joy. I've had so much fun. I love you, my friend. You thank, thank you for you. sharing your wisdom and your insight. What's the best way if people want to find out about your work? You is there? Do you have a website? Obviously, they can get the book "Beautiful No" on yeah, Amazon, that, correct? We have yes. It, well, you can get the book anywhere. Um, any bookseller, uh, the beautiful no, and you can go to the beautiful dot com. And there's going to be a free companion workbook and a free chapter to download and, and some interesting awesome. things that you want to check out. Awesome. Awesome. Folks, the beautifulno.com. We're going to put the, the link in the show notes. Get the book. Let me know how you enjoyed the book as well. Sherry, love you lots. Can't wait to see you soon. Thanks for coming on Soul Talk. Folks, told you it was going to be a special interview. Look forward to hearing from each of you and looking forward to... Uh, connecting next week's soul talk love now if you've enjoyed this episode of soul talk please do share the podcast with all of your friends let everyone know and make sure you download soul talk today i'm looking forward to next week where i'll get to share more inspiration with you meanwhile follow me on facebook instagram or social media you can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com if you feel ready to take your life to the next level join me at my exclusive event in bali www.boundlessblissbali.com where you can find out more and apply also make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com Sending you all big hugs and love now.